Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I am Jim Galanti along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. Dustin, a nice win on Saturday for the Nittany Lions over the Ohio Bobcats. A game that should never be in doubt going in, so that was never the issue. But I think as far as getting things done, James Franklin has to be pretty happy. And I would think the Penn State fans have to be pretty happy. Or they're never, I guess they're never really happy, you know, like you can do, you can do 19 things well, but there's always just like the doom and gl- and this is every college fan base I, I've, I've found the one thing. And there is one, there is at least one thing to kind of be doom and gloom about, I guess, in this one. But, you know, the, the, the game I compare it to is Villanova last year. And the fact that you can't really take steamrolling anybody for granted. And you can't really say, hey, this is a low-level team, or hey, this is they'll be totally outmatched. So Penn State, Penn State should definitely run all over these guys. You can't assume anything. And so I think with that in mind, you know, it was a it was a nice, it was a pleasant surprise, I feel like, for Penn State fans for them to not for there not to be any drama whatsoever. Like, of course, there were a few drives kind of in the middle of the game where it didn't go all that smooth and Clifford got sacked and all that. But for the most part, this thing went almost exactly to a script that James Franklin would have wanted. I think so. But I do have to differ with you on one point, Dustin. I think there are a certain number of teams that you play out there that you could take for granted. It's going to be a W if you're a major team. Say you're playing a Marshall or a Georgia Southern and you're a Power 5 team. You could assume victory on those games, right? Slam dunk. Go in, get the win easily, keep your job afterwards, and you move on to the next week, right? That's the script. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sort of, kind of. It is the script. Oh, well, maybe I'm wrong on that. But let's get back to the Nittany Lions against Ohio. This game probably is going to be remembered for coming out party for the two young stars. And I'm, I am going to use the word star for Nick Singleton and Drew Aller. Let's start with Nick Singleton. James Franklin said, I want explosive plays from the running game. Guess what? He got explosive plays from Nick Singleton, didn't he? There they were, 70, 48, and 44. You know, similar-looking runs. You know, there there were different degrees of work that Singleton had to do in order to make that happen, but really just the propulsion through the creases, you know, ma- making his way through traffic. Sal Wormley had, had a nice, did just enough to spring him on that 70-yarder. You know, I think the second touchdown he scored, getting to the edge wasn't something that could be assumed in that situation. There were two Ohio defenders and Singleton had to kind of keep them at arm's length and then beat them to the edge. And he did that. So I think that, you know, those runs and that one in particular to me stands out, not just everybody could have made that run. You know, I know that's kind of understating it, but his, his juice, that five-star juice really showed not just sprinting away from the defenders, but getting himself in position to sprint away from defenders showed what kind of back that he is. Now, you know, I think we've seen some glimpses of him between the tackles, uh, but I, I still think there's even more that he can show, which I think is kind of an exciting prospect. Like this kid is for real. And I think, you know, the way that the running back rotation went on Saturday, it it just looks like this is his backfield now. Um, this is what, you know, I, I know I thought it going into the season that Singleton might not be a starter right away, but it wouldn't take long to unearth that he's their best back. Well, 10 carries for 179 yards and, and two long touchdowns. That should be good enough uh, in this one. Nick Singleton's time has arrived at Penn State. And uh, I, I think, you know, the the talent at running back it wasn't there last year there wasn't enough of it there wasn't enough of it in 2020 it was just one of the problems but the talent's there now so i think there are some things that obviously the offensive line could do better but there are some things that that nick singleton can just do on his own 
And you have a situation here where the incumbent, Kevon Lee, how many carries did he have, Dustin? One. He had one carry. That is it. One carry for zero yards. He also had one catch. And just that part, I think, is what surprises me most, that James Franklin didn't give him even more carries. So it feels like it, it, it's already it's a done deal. When they take the field next week against Auburn, it'll be Nick Singleton out on the field for the majority of the snaps. Yeah, I, I, I don't have to shout this time, so that that's good. But I, I do think that that's the case. It'll be interesting to see. You know, I don't think you can say it's a slam dunk for sure, but, um, you know, and you could say that the game script kind of dictated that the young guys got more work or whatever you want to call it. But to me, I think facts are facts. Like Katron Allen and Nick Singleton are Penn State's two best running backs. I don't care who's the starter, who's out there for the first series. When it comes time to make plays, Penn State's got those two guys, and and I think anybody can see that they're their best option. And I think that's going to be especially true against a team like Auburn that's going to have some of that Southern speed. They're going to have some of that size. They're going to have some of that talent. I, I, I think that Nick Singleton's abilities are going to be needed if you want to you know, not even just break the big ones, but to establish a consistent running game. I think you need that five-star juice again uh, coming up this weekend, more more so uh, than, than you have the previous two. And the fact is that he could be a threat. And as you said, he bounced those long runs, bounced to the outside. Just a threat that a guy has that kind of speed and juice, as you put it, to do that will make uh, Auburn play their defense differently. Yeah, and, and I think that, to, to your point, I, I, w- I would echo that for sure. Now you're going to have the possibility of some over-pursuit to make sure you take that edge away, and I think he, he I think he's more than capable of breaking a big run inside the tackles, too. Maybe that's the next frontier that happens this weekend. While we're going at the star freshman, let's get right to the quarterback side of this. And, you know, last week we saw Drew Aller for one series, Dustin, and I jokingly said, let the quarterback controversy begin. I'm still half joking, but this time only half joking. He comes in, you use the word juice to describe Nick Singleton. There was juice in the whole stadium when Aller came on the field. It got very loud, Dusty. I was there for the game. It got very loud, and he did not disappoint. And the first drive, the first touchdown uh, to Omar Evans, another true freshman, he was just so comfortable launching that ball. It was almost like a flick of the wrist. It was so smooth and easy. And the one part to it that I was particularly impressed with is it looked like the ball, he led the receiver away from the defender so that... it, it just made it an easier catch. I'm not sure if I want to go to the, he threw him open, but he put it in a place where it was easier for his receiver and not the defender to get there. Well, I mean, first of all, it did look like he was playing backyard football. Like it just looked like he was thrown to his little brother and Omari Evans could very, it just looks like everybody on the team pretty much looks like he's Drew Aller's little brother. But, um, yeah, he didn't throw him open, but here you have a guy who had the defender on his hip. I don't you just don't want to throw it in a way that now that that receiver has to contend for the catch, right? So I think he just had his guy, all he had to do was just throw it and lead it to on the same route that the, the same trajectory he was already on, and he threw it beautifully. He threw it exact I think exactly where you wanted to throw it. And it, it just looked like he didn't even break a sweat. And I think that's one of the things that's so special about his arm talent. I think there's a lot more to it too, but one of the things about his arm talent is that he does have an easy delivery and he can make a throw 30 to 40 yards with a flick of the wrist. You saw, you know, throwing it uh, across the field, throwing it um, outside the numbers, you know, like I think you saw some examples of, of what his arm can do. And frankly, it's more than what Clifford's arm can do. You know, now you weigh that obviously against experience and you know that James Franklin, you know, he's stuck with Sean Clifford this long. There's no quarterback controversy, 
but you do, it does bring intrigue about, okay, what situations will we see Drew Aller? Is it going to be, you know, how much can he change the pace? Um, you know, because I, I think he's made the case that like there's not any drop off whenever Sean Clifford leaves the game. So now, like, you don't really have a guy who's that mobile quarterback who you can kind of throw in there and, and change the pace up. But man, this drew the, the kid is really, really good. And I think the biggest compliment James Franklin could pay him after the game was to say, like, the game already moves slow for him. So you look at the size, you know, some of the things that we saw, like being able to throw off platform, that electric arm talent. And then he's already ahead of the curb, you know, when it comes to the mental part of the game. I mean, this is this is a really great combination, I think, that Penn State has here. And a couple other small parts to the equation that impressed me. He was willing to run the ball. And you've got a huge man when he runs the ball. He's bigger than most of the defenders who are trying to tackle him. And the other thing, which is kind of tied to the mobility, and we saw it a little bit with the second touchdown pass, he moved with such ease within the pocket, just kind of slid to an open area. And the pass itself, his receiver, the tight end Dinkins, was wide open. But it was getting to where he needed to go to free himself from the pocket became an easy pitch and catch. And lo and behold, we had two touchdowns for Drew Aller and a very successful couple series. Yeah, I I think, you know, the play, he made it look easy. But the first obstacle, obviously, is to be able to navigate that and kind of have that innate sense for where where the opening is. And I think he's got that in the pocket. And then obviously being able to keep his eyes up to identify who's open in the first place. You don't really see all the time a freshman, a true freshman in a second career game, being able to do that in real time, you know, with the, with the game, with game speed. And then I think to be able to keep himself under control as his, as his momentum is carrying him forward. You know, it, it looked like an easy throw, but there's a lot of things that could have gone wrong with his base not fully under him, with his momentum going to the line of scrimmage, could have airmailed it, whatever. Um, the fact that he was able to make that throw under control and, and really just keep his entire body and his arm under control as he was moving towards the line of scrimmage just kind of shows where he's at and how special he is and that he could make it look easy. But I don't think everybody could have made that throw look easy. Exactly. All right, Dustin, in segment number two, I want to talk about like the overall game plan on offense, the play calling, the design. There are a lot of good things there. And I want to give you just one moment of Salty Jim. We'll get to that right after the break. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pre-game tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-8000. 
Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. He's Dustin Hawkinsmith, and it's quarter number two of our show, and chance for me to give you a reminder don't forget our buddies at new trail brewery they brought out their whiteout beer dustin i mentioned to you before we got on the air i was at the game at a very nice tailgate my responsibility was bringing the beer the whiteout beer was a huge hit huge hit it will be available in state college just stop at wr hickey get that whiteout beer for your next tailgate, trust me, trust me, you'll make a lot of good friends also with your neighbors at your tailgate party if you have the whiteout beer. And if you're so inclined to share, you will make lots of friends. All right, Dusty, before we get started on the play calling, the overall scheming, the coaching, game planning for Ohio, I have a complaint I want to make that I'd like to share with you, if I might. Is that okay? Yeah, let's let's have it. I salty gym is my favorite kind of gym. All right, here it is. And it's not even about the Penn State game at all. So I get home last night. I'm watch I think it was the Florida Kentucky game. And there was a play that they went to review, and the announcer was complaining about how long it takes them to review what should have been an obvious call. I get it. I understand that frustrates all of us. But then he goes down this path. Here's what I don't understand. This is why these games take so long. Because of these reviews. This is on the network that, literally it was a touchdown that they were talking about that was being reviewed. Ruled a touchdown. They then go to commercial, kickoff, fair caught, ball's coming to the 25, and went back to commercial again. Okay? Yeah. Literally one kickoff was all they did before a whole set of commercials. Again, but it's the review that is causing the games to be long. So there's my complaint, Dusty. It is. It is pretty ironic, isn't it? Uh, and that's one of my one of my least favorite things in sports is the the commercial kickoff commercial the du- the double dip. And it just does just does it just does figure that that's the complaint. Like I get it, you know those things do take a while often, but this is the world that we live in. You know, M- mistakes. Uh, the, the toothpaste is out of the tube. Like you you don't human error is being taken out of the game for for better or worse. And uh, you know sometimes if it's a close call and it's an important call, if it's a touchdown. I'm still in favor of getting it right. Like I, I get it. Like there, there will be in 90 seconds or two minutes, and it feels like an eternity. But man, just get get that call right. Exactly. But my what upset me was television is a larger cause of this problem, hundred percent, than the reviews. Okay, hundred percent. So yep. there we go. All right, let's move on. Let's get back to the game, Dusty. Um, I had some complaints, and I talked to some other people. Had similar complaints coming out of the Purdue game. They were forcing the running game early in the game against Purdue. They forced it. Run, run, pass, punt, is felt like. And it was very frustrating. And you just got the feeling coming into this game, well, we're playing Ohio. This is a better chance to establish the running game. Let's do that. Sure enough, they did the exact opposite. They came up throwing the ball on first down, and I I was impressed. I was happy. I think it it felt like the first game was just kind of a feeling out process. Here against Ohio, we're going to go win the game. We're going to eat up yards. We're going to score points. Yeah, and I think I I agree with you, and I I think um, I would compare it to baseball. So a start there, there are two types of starting pitchers. Usually there are pitchers who set up their breaking stuff with their fastball. And there are some pitchers who set up their fastball with their breaking stuff. 
I don't think there's, I don't think there's any shame either way. And I feel like that was something that they learned um, at, at Purdue. I also felt like, you know, the running game was kind of like body blows. They felt like they were, they were the deeper team that they had more talent further down their roster that they planned on using it and that they wanted to try to set up a situation for the third and fourth quarter where maybe they have an advantage. They, they're able to get that defense gassed where that, that wasn't really part of the equation here. And I do think they're, they are learning about this. And I think, you know, Mike Yersich had a quote uh, a couple months ago to right you know, before summer practice started where, you know, he was basically saying whether we run it 40 times or whether we run it 10 times, my gauge of whether it's successful or not is in the efficiency metric. So yards per carry is, is the most important thing to him. He said, and you know, I don't think you can, I don't know what it was for a team, but your, your, your top running back averaged 17.9. I think that would be a success. So yeah, I do think you can use your strengths and your strengths, you know, 17 guys caught a pass in this game. Your strength is the fact that you can attack any part of the field at, at any given time. That's on film now, you know, whether they can do it against a, a more talented team like Auburn, I guess we'll have to wait and see about that. But that's the, that's the bread and butter, I think. And the more you can realize that and the more you can say, hey, when the when the defense is focused on defending every square inch of this field, then we start attacking in the run game. Then we start taking our shots in the run game. We use the run game to create big plays. Um, we're able to stay on schedule when, when they're connecting and they're throwing and they're, and they're moving the ball in rhythm that, the way that they were. Why force the run game? You know, I, I think there might be a, a time and a place where you have to attack more on the ground early. And I, I get that. But I think this is the formula for Penn State. This is the identity where you you can spread the ball over the field, get the ball to everybody, get everybody involved and then start taking your shots on the ground. And they have many weapons at wide receiver and at tight end. You know, we start with Parker Washington and Mitchell Tinsley. I think Omari Evans has taught us He's another weapon to use. He's got speed. Speed kills. We, yeah. we saw that. The tight ends, we see that they are weapons. I was so pleased with that play calling. The other thing, Dustin, that I picked up with this is when James Franklin says something, he usually means it. He talked about getting depth. You pointed it out, 17 different players caught a pass. That's an incredible number. And it wasn't like, well, 12 of the 17 were garbage time after everything happened. No, they were in early and often, the young players, the rotation players. And the other part to listening to James Franklin, last week my bold prediction for the game was we would see Drew Aller in the second quarter. And what made me say that is James Franklin said, we want to get him in there and get him meaningful snaps. I was almost right because it was early third quarter, but after the game, he mentioned the plan was actually to get him in earlier than that. So I was also impressed with that. And I think, I think that commitment, that effort is good in game, you know, I, I tend to think of it more on defense, but I think it applies on offense too, where, you know, the more guys you can have who feel like they're part of it at any given time, you know, who, who they don't, they don't need a 42, nothing score to have the coaches trust that they can go in there and play. They can play in, in a real life, you know, situation where the game technically is in the balance, right? Like I, I think Franklin has recognized the error in his ways in, in a few different ways. One of which being the backup quarterback uh, and having that player prepared anyway. But I think just looking at um, the talent that they have and knowing that uh, the more guys who play relevant snaps, the the smoother the transition from one season to the next, because you have guys who are, who are closer and have game experience and all that. So I, I think you couldn't have asked for much more through the first two weeks of the year. And, you know, the early commitment at Purdue, I thought was striking to me, you know, young guys playing all over the place against a big 10 team on the road. You know, you talk about the, the experience from that and the film from that and the mistakes that are made and the good things that they do. Like it just, it means something. And, you know, so it creates an advantage for you later in the same game. It creates an advantage for you just in the big picture of your program too. And, 
I'll make one other point here, Dusty. Whenever the team does something that I wanted them to do, I call that a smart play, okay? Because it's what Jim wanted. And I made this comment after the Purdue game, how good Penn State's offense was with the two-minute offense. They were essentially two for two in the Purdue game right before half and before the end of the game. Sure enough, at the end of the first half, when it's still a game and they're still trying, again, the two-minute offense was exceptional. My response is, make that your primary offense. That's what you should do more of. And sure enough, it wasn't until I got home, watched the tape of the TV broadcast, that coming out of halftime, what was it they said? They quoted Franklin as saying, Dusty. we, We look comfortable doing it. Maybe we should do it more often. The only part that you missed was the part where he said, I was listening to Jim on the Keystone (laughs) kickoff show. And Jim said, and I agree with him that. So, but do you get the feeling that Franklin in general, and maybe it's the influence of his coordinators or his coaches though, is more adaptable now that he's seeing what's happening and that criticism of him not being a good game day coach, not being to able to adjust or adapt, that he is learning and he is adapting and adjusting and it's showing. He is like a, a robot reprogramming himself on, on the fly. And you have to give somebody credit who's been doing this for a while. Like I know he's a young coach still in the grand scheme of things, but he's got, he has his ways. He has his scripts, you know? And I think one of the things we talked about is binder for this and binder for that. And the lightning delay wasn't in the binder. I think he's starting to say like, I need to live my life without a binder. You know, I need to be able to coach without a binder sometimes. And I think I think you probably will see against Auburn on the road. I think you will see some more of that two-minute offense. You will see more tempo. Like, okay, it's working, so let's go with it. Let's work on some other plays and stuff like that. Uh, that, that you know, I think teams will see that the two-minute offense has been very, very successful. And they'll probably try to key on some of the concepts that they've seen. Now I think it's adjusting on that adjustment and uh, and and using that more often. I do think we'll see it more uh, now that they will have some time to to work it some more and to and to, to practice it and to install that thinking before the game as opposed to trying to adjust and add it more in game. And what I really liked in watching this game, Dusty, is I don't think they were predictable at all on offense. I didn't feel like okay, I know what's coming. I had no idea what was coming. I was very much impressed. And speaking of some surprises and not knowing what's coming, next segment, we're going to talk about the defense. That was just as interesting, and we'll get to that in quarter number three. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends, Pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack with four different hoppy beers. The Hoppy Variety Pack is put together to easily please your whole crew. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results. 
or give us a call at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim. He's Dusty. This is the Keystone Kickoff Show. We're talking Penn State, Ohio. But before we get back into that conversation, Dusty, remember football has definitely begun. That means tailgating has begun. If you were out there for the Ohio game, it was a great crowd, by the way. Great atmosphere. Everything was fantastic. And the only thing that can make that weekend better for you is if you make your way over to the gopsurv.com lot, this is where you drive your own car out there, and Mark and his crew will have an RV set up and waiting for you for the entire weekend. As our buddy Dustin said, it's a weekend of tailgating interrupted by a ball game. You can't beat it. It's the best. Keystone Sports, we've worked out a special deal with Mark over there. If you call in to 800-519-8467, tell Mark you want the KSN RV special and you'll get $500 off your RV for the weekend. That is the deal for tailgating. All right, Dusty. We spent the first two segments mostly talking offense, individual players. We talked about the play calling, impressed with everything. I might have been even more impressed with Manny Diaz on defense. The number of players he played and just where players were attacking the quarterback from, they came from all over the place. Yeah, I think, you know, Curtis Rourke has a good head on his shoulders and he's a pretty good quarterback and he's a good player and he's an accurate thrower. I mean, he, he's a lot of good things for that level of, of football. And, you know, there were times where it felt like he was having some success and you look back and he's 14 out of 30 in this game. You know, Aiden O'Connell was 30 out of 60 last week. You know, I, I don't think there's just not, a, you can count on one hand, the number of quarterbacks in the country who can handle consistent pressure from all over the place in their, in their view from their blind side to their right, you know, uh, running backs trying to, you know, needing to guess where they're they're going into pass protection. I mean, over the course of 60 minutes, that aggression, it's pretty controlled aggression. It's also aggression that leans on Penn State's strength, which is their ability to hold up in coverage, especially for a short amount of time. You know, I, th- I think this was more in line in this game uh, than, than Purdue of what we can expect from Manny Diaz. And what it does is it just shortens everything, speeds up the throw clock, you know, if you want to take four yards across the middle, that's great. But you just need to understand you're going to have to you're going to have to go 15 plays to score touchdowns on this defense. And there's not many offenses that can do that. So, you know, yeah, maybe C.J. Stroud can burn you if, you, if you're bringing pressure. Maybe, you know, another guy or two. In the, but there just aren't many. And, and I'm sorry, Curtis Rourke was not one of them. You know, he was he was 14 out of 30 for 119 yards, Jim. They there was no time to take shots. You know, you were you were allowing your defensive players, your, your defensive defensive backs to be aggressive. You're bringing safeties, linebackers, cornerbacks. It didn't matter inside, outside packaging things up. And and you're putting that on, on film now. And by the way, I know we're not talking about Auburn. We're not looking ahead to that matchup now, but I don't really put their two quarterbacks that they use in terms of being football savants. You know, those guys are easily flusterable from what I can see into mistakes. And I think you'll have some some run blitz and you'll have some things to uh, up your sleeve to counter tank Bigsby. But, you know, when you're playing subpar quarterbacks, this formula can be a really, really effective one, as we saw on Saturday. You are allowed to bring up Auburn because before we're finished, we're going to need your prediction and your bold prediction. You won't get away without doing that, Dusty. But back to uh, this prior game against Ohio, you mentioned it, though. It does feel like Manny Diaz is saying, okay, I know what I got among my defensive backs, both the cornerbacks and the safeties. I could trust them. I could trust them on an island so I could get creative up front 
and do different things up there because I, I'm comfortable with Joey Porter Jr. covering someone one-on-one. Uh, and, and he can be comfortable with Marquise Wilson covering somebody one-on-one, you know, and, and that, that you're talking about number five there, Johnny Dixon comfortable enough to start him in this game. Sophomore Kalen King got, got a start. They love him. Uh, Daquan Hardy is stick. He sticks like glue in, in the slot. Like I think the fact that they go so deep with guys who can be trusted in these one-on-one situations, especially if you're able to speed up the clock and make sure that they're, they're, they're not covering for more than about a second or two. Um, yeah, I think, I think this is, this is, he could be onto something here. Um, and then I think when, when you have a safety playing linebacker and when you have five-star talent like Chop Robinson and Deny Dennis Sutton who can drop into space too, like, you know, there, there's really not a whole lot of limitation on what Manny Diaz can, can drum up and call. And depending on the opponent, I think we're going to see some more exotic stuff. You're going to see some more looks where pressure looks like it's coming and they send everybody back, you know, like I, I think uh, you, you can definitely start to build off this film that everybody sees now. And I'm really intrigued to see, you know, if they're able to get Auburn off schedule, uh, I did not see, you know, a couple golden arms uh, leading that Auburn offense. That'll be something worth watching. And you brought up the name. I think Chop Robinson is going to become a favorite among Penn State fans. He, he looks like he's going to be a factor. And I, I think what you saw in this game was what Arnold Ebicady brought to the table was such consistency in his pressure. Even if it doesn't show up in the stat sheet, uh, you know, I think just being able to put pressure on offensive linemen, on coordinators and on quarterbacks for really a full 60 minutes. And you started to get a little bit of a taste that maybe Chop Robinson could do that, too. Uh, he's explosive. He he rushes like he's got great determination, which I think is you know, it's just not something that everybody has. There are technicians and there are guys who, who can't live without getting to the quarterback. And it felt like he was one of those, those kind of uh rabid dog types um, get, getting after the quarterback and making plays in the backfield. All right, Dustin, I'm going to give you a chance to look forward now to Auburn. Okay. It's a different type of team. We're going to see something that we didn't see with Purdue and we didn't see with Ohio, which is a team that might just say, you know what, we're going to grind you out. We don't have all-star quarterbacks. We don't want to put the ball in the air 50 or 60 times. We just want to wear you down. Something new for Penn State to look at, do they have the linebackers at Penn State to hold up against that kind of team? It's going to be a new challenge, isn't it? It's going to be a new challenge. And I think, um, you know, you're looking at, I think trying to get Kaziah Izzard back would help shore up that middle rotation. You're going to, you're going to try to scheme for it. I think you're trying to, you might try to fill gaps by sending an extra body to, to run, run blitzes. You're going to have to make up for that, that fact. Um, but I, you know, I, I really am not sure if Auburn is coached well enough um, and I don't know that they can manage that limitation they have at their quarterback spot. Like I, their, their redshirt freshman quarterback, his name escapes me is super quick and can cause some problems, but you ask either one of those guys to throw the ball and I'm not, I'm not sure you're going to have good outcomes and you cannot hide that. You know, you can't hide your quarterback, you know, you can minimize, you can, you can lean on your run game, but if the, the second that Auburn gets a stupid penalty, uh, which goes into the coaching thing. Uh, the second they get a third and 10, I mean, Penn State is going to be in a really advantageous position. I think, you know, the fact that Auburn doesn't really have anything outside of Tank Bigsby, you know, I watched them for a bit against San Jose State, which was not a an impressive win. Uh, I'm not saying that that's the Auburn team that, you know, Penn State will see on Saturday. But I, I it seemed to me like a lot of the NFL talent that they had last season is gone. Um, I think they have a handful of good players. They've got a handful of guys who will play on Sundays, but I think Penn State has recruited better than Auburn has since Brian Harson got there. I think Penn State has more talent from top to bottom uh, than Auburn does. They've got less questions, certainly, uh, you know, at the quarterback position. So you're looking at really can Penn State handle Auburn's offensive line and can they handle Tank Bigsby? And I think if you don't have to have a great deal of respect for getting burnt through the air, especially when you have, you know, as many good defensive backs as Penn State has, 
you can key on that and sell out to stop that. I think they will have some success doing that. Auburn will move the chain some, but I don't really like, I don't love their chances when the field gets condensed uh, of being able to, to do anything because I don't, I don't think they have, uh, I don't think they have one quarterback um, out, out of that group of two that they're using. The concern that I have, and I guess this is what's come from the last couple of years when we've seen teams like Michigan or what Illinois did to them, where you could convince me when you have a safety playing linebacker, that's the nature of the game today. But if you've got an Auburn team now that does want to grind it out, do you have the linebacker play that can handle it? Do we have that? Well, I mean, I, I was encouraged by Abdul Carter, um, you know, the way that he looked. Uh, you have, yeah, he offers some size there. Um, I think that Manny Diaz can kind of um, scheme to take some gaps away. Um, I think, you know, if, if Auburn is to win, Tank Bigsby is going to have to carry the ball 40-plus times. And I don't think anybody's going to do that. I don't think that's good for anybody on that offense. I don't think the coaches are, are smart enough to do They weren't smart enough to do that last year. Uh, what, you know, you saw in the second half, what he was capable of doing, but I, I just don't think they have the wherewithal or the balance or the ability to convert on third and longs. Cause they're, they're going to happen one way or another, you know, you make one good play behind the, the line of scrimmage, you throw that offense off schedule and you have some, some real opportunities to create some sudden change situations. You know, that you're not, how many times do you see a quarterback? you know, attempt five passes or eight pass. It just doesn't happen very often. Penn state will do enough. I think to get them off schedule and to force some mistakes. That's my opinion. I don't have a very high opinion about anybody outside tank Bigsby really. All right, Dustin, I'm going to first make my prediction for next week down at Auburn. If you want to have some fun and talk some Penn state football, 6 PM Friday night, the exchange pub at the Renaissance in Montgomery Dustin and I will be there doing our show. Come join us. You could even participate in the show. That's my prediction for next week. I need your prediction, Dusty, for the game itself and your bold prediction. By the way, the latest spread is Penn State is now favored by three points. Yeah, I, I, I've got it 28-21 Penn State. And that's that's close to what I, I think the over under is. But I, I think they're gonna cover. I think they're gonna win. I think they're gonna you saw this offense have a lot of good rhythm and and creativity last year against Auburn. I think you'll see some more of that. Bold prediction, uh the Penn State defense, three interceptions um in in this game. I don't like Auburn's quarterback's chances of of leaving there without making mistakes. Wow, three interceptions. A very good bold prediction, Dusty. I like it a lot. All right, that is it for quarter number three. And for Dusty, we're going to have Ryan Parsons from OnwardState.com join us in quarter number four. Make sure you stay tuned for that. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pre-game tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, 
We are your complete IT partner. Learn more at techresults.com. That's T-E-K results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number four. I'm Jim Galante, along with my guest, Ryan Parsons, associate editor and football reporter at Onward State, which is a student-run news website serving the Penn State community. You can find Ryan's work along with that of all of his colleagues at onwardstate.com. Welcome back to the show, Ryan. How you doing today? I'm good, Jim. A little bit tired after a long home opener yesterday, but I mean, that's a good problem to have at this point in the season. It, it is. It was, you know, when you play a team like Ohio, it should not be a question of does Penn State win or not, but you look for a lot of other little things as victories, and I think any fan of Penn State is pretty excited what they saw uh, from Nick Singleton, Drew Aller, a lot of the other freshmen getting a chance to play, and we hit on a lot of those things, but I wanted to ask you about, and you wrote an article about it uh, that just came out on Sunday on Onward State. If there was one area of concern during the game, it might be the kicking game, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it was very hard to nitpick what went wrong in that game. I mean, everything was smooth sailing basically all around, but we didn't see Pinninger in week one against Purdue. Well, we saw him. He, he made all of his extra points, but they didn't attempt a, a kick. They went for it on fourth down, I think, once or twice when they were in kicking range. So there was kind of still the question of, Pinnaker struggled in the past. He hasn't started in a couple of years. Is he still that guy? And then you see him miss an extra point. You see him miss the 42-yarder. And it um, it doesn't exactly inspire confidence heading into Auburn next week when uh could end up being a very close game. Um, luckily, Purdue, it, it wasn't settled by a field goal. But it, if it was, I don't think you, the outside perspective would have a lot of confidence in Pinnaker. I know Franklin said after the game he does. But... Um, that would be the one thing you would choose you you point out after the Ohio game as cause of concern. And as the coach, we better hear that from Franklin. You know that mm-hmm. he's confident in his kicker. But and Franklin always talk about he's data oriented. He tracks everything at the practice level. But if you just go from the games, you put this out of statistic. There's a very stark contrast between what Pinnaker does under 40 yards and what he does over 40 yards as far as field goals, right? Yeah, I mean, over 40 yards, he's, I think, 9 for 19, and then that that goes up to 14 from 18 when it's in the 30 to 39 range. And that's why we saw in 2020 they had the mantra, it was 42 and in is pin, 42 and out is stout. And just Jordan Stout <laughs> would take the longer kicks. And people were kind of conjecturing before this year that Sander Sahedak, who I think is um, a, a sophomore now, has that longer leg, he's been having some of the kickoff duties, people were suggesting that he would have this sort of Jordan Stout 2020 role and take the longer kicks. Um, the one Pinnaker missed was 42 yesterday, so uh, jury's still out if Sahidak so, so would get those longer kicks, but I, I don't think Franklin's even suggested that yet. I just get the feeling, as you said, they're not looking to kick the long field goals right now. If they have any chance to go for it, they do. And I do believe that's an indicator that Franklin is less than 100% confident in Pinnaker. And I, I suspect he wishes now he had gotten, you know, some more kicks, some more experience in, some more data points on Pinnaker. The last place I think he wants to find out for sure is, you know, the 43-yard field goal down two points as with three seconds to go against Auburn next week. Yeah. Or any of the following weeks right yeah and um one of the things he pointed to after the game franklin said was the line on the special teams line the interior linemen weren't doing their job correctly and they were getting a lot of pressure up the middle which he suggested caused the missed kicks but i mean if 
Ohio is causing issues like that, what is an SEC opponent going to do? And he, he said, oh, we put that on tape, so we have to fix it now. But, I mean, that's that's a lot easier said than done. It, exactly. And if I remember, wasn't Pinniger the one a few years ago who had an issue also that some of his kicks, he wasn't getting a lot of height on them to begin with, and that was part of the problem? Was that Pinniger? I, I believe so. I mean, Pinniger, he was the starter, I think, in 2018 or 19. He's been around for so long, and since he lost the job last year, I think technically even redshirted last year, people have kind of just forgot how long he's been within the program since Stout transferred in and took his job. Um, but he's, he did start, I think, in 2018 or 19, and that that was always the issue. Like, his kicks looked a little bit funky. Yeah, a, a little bit flat in the loft, and it's – yeah, he's like the Sean Clifford of kickers. I've joked that uh, Clifford has qualified for his pension from Penn State, and I think yeah. uh, Pinnegar is doing the same. As, as excited, Ryan, as we were about the performance of Penn State against Ohio, first home game and seeing a lot of the young players play, it was a real fascinating day, though, in the rest of college football. I just wanted to get your take on it. Uh, at the very top level, top 10, we saw Texas A&M and Notre Dame lose, top 10 teams. But closer to home, this was a tough weekend for the Big Ten West, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, one of the good things about a noon game for me is you get you get you file your story in the press box. You go home, and then there's a whole slate of college football still left. So there, at, at one point yesterday, there was like three or four games that were in, I guess, what you would call like a, a red zone situation towards the end. But yeah, the the Big Ten West is this has been a theme since the Big Ten West was invented in um, 2014. They've been struggling so far. Iowa looks absolutely putrid, um, which is a, a stark contrast to last year when I think they were ranked second or third at some point. And um, the Big Ten East has not lost a game yet. Um, you've pointed that out to me as as well. So it's it feels like there's a reckoning coming for the Big Ten with the East versus West situation. With how, especially even two or three weeks into the season now, there's already such a big difference in how those two sides are performing. Well, it, there has to be. Every time, you know, Penn State struggles a little bit, and especially when they get compared to Ohio State all the time, I think about... Boy, it could be worse. I think of teams like Nebraska, but Iowa, you brought up, they won a game, incredible, they won a game last week 7-3 to and didn't score a touchdown. It was a field goal and two safeties, which brought up memories, terrible memories for some of us of 6-4. to Yeah. But they, uh, I believe they had a turnover in a short field to score their only touchdown this week and lose 10-7. to It, You would think... One touchdown in two games, it would be almost impossible for an offensive coordinator to maintain his job. The only way possible that he could maintain his job would be if his dad is the head coach, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Iowa's never been a, a world-renowned passing offense, especially yesterday when it was pouring rain during the game. But, I mean, Nebraska, they had the same thing. They They saw poor results, and they said, all right, Scott Frost, like, that's enough. Uh, you would almost think that Iowa would do a similar thing with their offensive coordinator because they've kind of established this brand of football where don't play offense, punt a lot, punt really well, and play good defense and hope things work out. And uh, so far, it hasn't worked out very well for them. Well, you, you mentioned Nebraska, and uh, we're recording this on Sunday for the folks listening. You and I, we just caught it right before we went on the air that Scott Frost was let go. And I've had people asking me about when are they going to fire the guy. The logical time was October 1st because his buyout gets cut in half. Uh But he's been so bad, they're willing to give up. Or perhaps there was a negotiation that went on and they split the difference. But they were so anxious to get rid of this guy, they were unwilling to even wait those three more weeks. Yeah, and I mean, when you start the season one and two, it kind of feels like um, a loss to Oklahoma and then a loss to Indiana, which is their next two weeks, doesn't even even matter. Um, they actually have a buy in between there, so it might have, they might have only have to play Oklahoma before the buyout comes into effect. Um, but they just seemed 
incredibly anxious <laughs> to fire him, especially the way the last few seasons have gone. Um, I mean, he was on the hot seat even before they went to Ireland and played Northwestern. So that was that was kind of a long time coming. And I think what's bad is, again, we're talking about the Big Ten West and what's going on out there. And, you know, as Penn State, a team in the Big Ten, and the, that win against Purdue all of a sudden looks pretty good as far as against the Big Ten West. Purdue had a win. I want to say, well, it shouldn't be a big deal because it was against a no-name team and not a very good team. But you had Wisconsin losing to a bad Washington State team. And you had Nebraska losing to Georgia Southern. All of a sudden, Purdue might look like the powerhouse of the West. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Purdue won, I think it was 56 nothing against Indiana State, which means nothing. Uh, Penn State maybe would win 106 nothing against Indiana State. But when you compare that with the way, the rest of, I mean, Wisconsin can't handle their Washington State no-name opponent. Uh, it's almost like a, it's not a given that a Big Ten team Big Ten West team is going to take care of a no-name opponent. And you mentioned Notre Dame earlier, who um, they lost to Marshall. And suddenly Ohio State's big week one win over Notre Dame doesn't look so big anymore, especially considering how Ohio State struggled a little bit against um, Arkansas State on Saturday, which uh, they didn't struggle. They won 45-12, to but it was kind of a slow start. And uh, you would expect the Buckeyes maybe to win that game in a similar fashion that Purdue won their game, the 56 nothing route. So uh, it feels like Penn State's stock went up a little bit in terms of strength of schedule, um, and Purdue could very well come out of the West at this point. I, I would, I'm with you. I wouldn't be surprised if Purdue does come out of the West, and I believe they don't get Michigan or Ohio State in their crossover games, which will help them also. And if this past weekend is an indication of how the Big Ten, the rest of the Big Ten West is, they're in a pretty good position. The only other, the only team in the West. Now remember, every team in the East is undefeated, two and zero. The only undefeated team in the Big Ten West is Minnesota. All of a sudden, that might shape up to be an interesting whiteout game Penn State has with them in a few weeks or several weeks. Yeah, a lot of people were kind of questioning that Minnesota decision. It felt like athletics almost took a gamble that Minnesota would be a good team um, and also took a gamble that the Ohio State game would end up being a noon game. But if Minnesota keeps up um, how they're playing, I think they have to play um, Purdue before they come to Happy Valley. Um, And they have to play Michigan State as as well. But that's kind of teeing Penn State up for a quality win. Um, so if they take care of Auburn and they take care of Minnesota, they could kind of be rolling heading into the meat of the schedule. That would be interesting, and it sure would make for a fascinating game then against Ohio State. Unfortunately, that is it, Ryan. We're out of time. Remember again, check out Ryan's work at onwardstate.com. That's it for our show. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. With four different hoppy beers, the Hoppy Variety Pack is put together to easily please your whole crew. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are 
Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at techresults.com. That's T-E-K results.com. Or give us a call at 814-206-0000. 